Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Here's a culinary equation all sports fans should know. Football plus tailgating equals wings. Look, it's a fact. Look, I didn't write the rules. I'm just telling you how it is. All joking aside, chicken wings are arguably America's favorite finger food. You can find wings on most bar menus, but you'll even find them on the menu of fancy restaurants. They come in all shapes and flavors. Later this hour, we'll invite a few local chefs and restaurant owners and meet a self-proclaimed wing enthusiast. But first, have you ever heard the term Cashville? I'm betting you have. Originally known for being associated with the local drug scene, the term has transformed into an emblem of pride for Music City's native black community and a nationally known brand. WPLN's Damon Mitchell just dropped a story about it today, and he joins me now. Damon, thanks for being here. How's it going, Khalil? Doing all right. How about yourself? I'm good. Awesome. Also with us is Carlos Parte, who runs the local fashion brand Cashville, etc. Carlos. Thanks for great to have you. Thanks for being here, man. It's great being here. Thank you all for having me on. Really appreciate it. Okay, so Damon, tell me, when did you first hear the term Cashville? So it was, um, I guess like a lot of people that's not from Nashville, it was when Young Buck dropped his album straight out of Cashville. But as you kind of asked me that and I'm thinking about it, I do recall kind of older people where I was growing up using their term like Cashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I guess I, I I thought it was just like some place in Tennessee. I didn't necessarily know that Cashville was referring to Nashville. Carlos, how about you? When did you first hear the term Cashville? <laughs> um, I'm born and raised here, so as a youngster, um, just you know, growing up as a kid amongst your other peers and them hollering out Cashville, or you know, I just watched this new corner Cash movie. They said Cashville, or just being in the city and being amongst um you know other people and civilians and just feeling prideful saying it or just even saying it as a joking manner so yeah yeah i mean it's a lot of nuance to that term right it can mean different things to different people yeah yeah awesome now uh like a lot of popular terms cashville spread through the 90s and early 2000s hip-hop damon who were some of the local artists who helped to popularize the term so uh, people like Pistol, Cool Daddy Fresh, uh, Kwani Cash. He, I think he he did have a movie um, that I think was a, about Cashville. And then Starlito, whose name was when he first came out. Uh, and Los can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it was um, All Star Cashville Prince. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. kind of people like that. Awesome. I see you shaking your head when he mentioned some of those names of those yeah. like local hip hop legends that you used to jam out to when you yeah, were young. Yeah, most definitely. Um Quantum Cash, he he definitely uh <laughs> provided the soundtrack for like Nashville. Um and he was like a really um uh like the first entrepreneur that we would see. He was our masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um he created uh, loyalty and respect and the movie had, you know, so many different elements in it. Um he had young buck in it. He had different, you know, actors and people around the city. But also, like, the influence that, you know, it created outside of the city to where it's like, you know, we had a connection with other cities and states that were, you know, really um, messing with the movement of Cashville. Now, 
you mentioned Young Buck. What was the local reaction to his album Straight Outta Cashville? Man, when it first dropped, it was insane. Um, you you would see T-shirts everywhere. They had the screen-printed T-shirts of the album cover. Um, just the presence he had. Like, you know, he was bringing 50 Cent through. He It, it just was a a really good time for Nashville at the at that moment in time and just being able to see a superstar a celebrity you know in the sense to where it's like okay somebody really made it in you know the hip-hop industry and that that was cool at that time yeah most definitely a huge swelling of pride huh yeah yeah most definitely now when did you notice other people in the city start using the term um wow I mean it's always been a term um, a lot of people here have said. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people kind of outgrown the term. And I think that's what, you know, kind of like revolutionized it to where it's like, no, nah, we can't outgrow it. We can't let this go. This has just got to be something to where, like, you know, we, we say when we're talking about this or when we're, you know, meaning this or if somebody does recognize it as, oh, Cashville, yeah, yeah, I'm from Cashville. Yep, that's Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I can, you know, relate to that. Um I think people just started to use it more as like, okay, this is something that I can represent, especially like the culture, the fashion, the the, the urban community to where it's like, nah, Nashville is only represented by music, um, city, you know, cowboy boots, and now recently hot, hot chicken. So. Mm-hmm. so is that what inspired you to turn it into a brand? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Um, I wanted it to be a, a staple. Pretty much like mm-hmm. like like you said, um, a, a lot of people have said um, it was a, a a term that started to you know diminish in a sense, or people started to neglect it, or you know didn't think the same about it as they used to. Um, what I wanted it to do was like revolutionizing in a sense to where other people around the world can you know recognize us. They already kind of have this sense of us, but we had this bubbling culture, this bubbling scene at the moment. It's like. Nah, everybody has to know about us. Like, when you go to New York, L.A., and all these other places, you know, they're, they're represented really well. And I'm just like, it's nothing different than what we have here. We just haven't had that spotlight. We, we, we're we creating that culture. We have that urban scene. And I think everybody needs to know about it. And also, it, it played a really big part in gentrification at the time to where it was like something where people can understand, like, oh, no, nah, we're still here. People from... You know, this millennial age and people from back in the past that still, you know, deserve these names to be cherished. And I think Cashville presented that at the time to where everybody in the state could feel like, okay, I I feel proud of this. I can represent this. I can wear this when I go on the airplane or when I go to another city, state or country. So, okay, so your your grand vision for the globalization of this brand is if somebody's walking around Tokyo with a Cashville shirt and, you know, you all are giving that, each other that familiar wink and look. Yeah, most definitely. That's 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 really huge to think about. It's like Tokyo. Okay, okay. Somebody yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, yeah. I like to take it big. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that, that's really huge. Um, that makes me think about lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> but most definitely, no. Nah, that 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 is something that I want people to be. You know, because once they start to dive in. They start to see the culture. They start to see the thriving music scene. They see the the fashion scene. They see the the culinary scene. They see these all. The different types of you know demographics that's popping up that's using this term, but also is represented by this. Mm-hmm. Now, Damon, you spoke to Starlito, who is a rapper and East Nashville native. Let's hear what he had to say about Cashville. There were artists that came before me that were noteworthy, and I feel like they all shared uh, like something like almost like in terms of swagger. 
of uh like uh not not like flamboyance, but it was like a stick your chest out kind of like pride and like being somebody kind of thing. And I think that's like a native thing from our Cashville subculture, if you will. And, and I mean, like I said, I'm from the inner city. I'm from, I don't want to say the worst of it, but definitely not the necessarily the right side of the tracks. So that was always something to gravitate toward. Damon, what did you learn about the culture of Cashville back in the 90s and early 2000s versus the culture of Cashville today? I think early on, kind of 90s, early 2000s, it was more uh, more of that it was kind of a thing among people who were kind of in the know or maybe in the streets, uh, things like that. And kind of today, I think it's something that whether you're from the streets or you grew up in a certain neighborhood or not is something that you can kind of identify with. And maybe you kind of, you can ha also have pride in it. Um, so I, I think it went for something like maybe you had a certain group of people kind of saying Cashville and repping Cashville. And now it's like um, somebody might throw a, a community party or something where mm -hmm. all kinds of people are coming and the, maybe the theme is Cashville. So I think it's just kind of, expand it more and become a little bit more kind of mainstream. I want to go back to what Starlito said. You know, how did that line up with what other folks had to say about what Cashville means to them? Um, so uh, I, I think so generations matter. Um, mm -hmm. I did talk to one person who said that Cashville meant kind of like TSU homecomings and um, I think what he said was like community come together days and things like that. Um, and then you have maybe the older, older generation who maybe said it meant kind of being in the streets or it meant uh, connecting with rappers like Cool Daddy uh, Fresh and knowing pistols, the pistol rappers and kind of things like that. So um, I think it's, it's really depending on who you ask and what age they are. I mean, you can probably ask like a, maybe a high schooler now. Cashville might mean something totally different between Lowe's, uh, from Lowe's and maybe someone who was kind of really coming up in the 90s or early 2000s. You know, Carlos, what do people misunderstand about Cashville? What are they really missing? Um, Man, they, they're missing the culture here. Um, a lot of people um, misconstrued it um, just as much as we have the other words meaning Smashville, these, you know, Hotville, whatever that, that may be. Um, I think Cashville is something that's, that's going to be here to stay. It's going to be something that's going to, like, like you said, we don't know what the high schoolers are thinking about it and what they're going to transform it to. Um, I think people just kind of have the, the, the word stuck in their head with a time frame to where it's like, oh, it ain't cool. It wasn't cool to me at this time, and I don't see myself doing anything with it now. But I think what we're trying to do is, like, transform it to whether it's what we're putting it on shirts, to whether we're telling you forgotten um, history or curating the event or media to kind of give you the example of why you should be using Cashville, why you should be proud of Cashville, because there's so much history and um, we, we just haven't been able to to realize that, I think. You know, Cashville for you is a lot more than a brand, right? Yeah, yeah. You're pretty prolific on Twitter with Cashville, et cetera. What's your hope with that? Man, <laughs> the hope is to continue to connect transplants and natives together to where I can kind of continue to tell the story, to, to where we can all tell each other's story, to where we can connect 
and figure out what the real problems are, but also to where we can understand where we came from and where we're going today. So it's something to where you can kind of you could you could honestly get a, a a little microscope of what's going on here in Nashville or Cashville, as we say. Carlos Parti is owner of Cashville Etc. Brand. He was joined by WPLN's enterprise reporter Damon Mitchell. Thanks to both of you for being here today. Thanks, Carlos. Thank and now let's go out on Young Buck's song "Welcome to the South" from his album. Straight out of Cashville. I know I'm country, I can't help it. I'm from Tennessee. I'm throwing up this Hennessy, blowing up my enemy. Y'all just remember me. Remember me. Not because the birds tend to keep, but young book energy. I give up off who you be, boy. I want in on everything. The dime bag gets so Come see me for it. To be a star, all you need is a pirate star. Some soldiers and some bacon soda. You can buy that car. Still bangs to this day. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we're talking about wings. Get your wet naps ready. Y'all know wings are messy. What is your favorite flavor of wings in town? And who are your favorite chicken wings in town? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil E. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Have you ever had wings so tasty you dreamed about them? You're so obsessed with the flavor you attempt to make them yourself? It happened to me. A Thai restaurant in Los Angeles sold the dynamite wing. I've spent 17 years trying to recreate this masterpiece to no avail. The lesson, it's best to leave the chicken wings to the chicken wing masters. My next guests have earned that status. I'd like to introduce James Stone, owner of Got Wings in East Nashville, and Shinar Tucker, co-owner of Strikeout Wings. James, Shinar, welcome to This Is Nashville. Thanks so much for being with us today. How you doing? I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, this is great. This is great. Yes. So, you know, James, I'd like, um, let me start with I you. I say... I, okay. I would love to learn how you got into the wing business. Where did the idea for Got Wings come from? Man, well, the idea actually came up uh, one day, uh, me and the wife, we was riding down Gallantry Road, which is where we located, and uh, I was working at uh, Jay Alexander at the time, and I was just telling my wife, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm making good money, I said, but it's, it's not something that I feel like I can do at the age of 50. Or 51. So I just asked my wife, What do you not see on Got the Road? And we rode all the way to Rivergate. And she said, I don't know what it is. I said, It's wings. You don't see a wing spot nowhere on Got the Road. And I said, I think uh, I think I can do it because I've worked all around Nashville in different restaurants. And uh, me and my wife and my son, we sat at home and tried to figure out a name to come up with. And uh, we came up with Got Wing, which we were spelling it G. G-H-O, I mean, we were spelling G-O-T. And then uh, it's a place in California that's G-O-T. Okay. So in order to keep the name, we put the H in there and put the Z on the wing mm-hmm. to play with the word. And, and then I said, yeah, that's something we could travel with. And uh, we came over with the name Got Wings, and and uh, here we are. 
Did, did you get into any type of recipes while you were working at these other restaurants and establishments? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, when I was at J. Alexander, man, the chef we used to have, uh, they do the rotisserie chicken. They used to keep the, the wing flaps off the chicken. And uh, we had a wing contest one day. And uh, the chef, he did his thing. And I did mine. And uh, we let everybody in the restaurant, the servers and the cooks. And we was like, who you think won? And it was like, Man, I think James got you, Chef. Okay. I think James, I said, so do y'all think I can sell these? And they was like, yeah, we think you can sell them. And uh, so I was going into work and making up flavors. They didn't know what I was doing, but I was, you know, mixing up uh, flavors and stuff. And uh, I came up with probably about six of them while I was there. Six yeah. different flavors. So that started you off. Yes, sir. So you have these flavors. You you already got the props from your colleagues from winning this contest against yeah. the chef. Yeah. You coming up with six different flavors. Then you take this ride down Gallatin with your wife. What was the next step? The next step was, baby, how we going to fund it? Uh-huh. It was like, uh, you know, my wife, she was in respiratory therapy, and I'm working in restaurants. You know, we're making... Uh, decent money it wasn't one a lot, but I was like, "How we gonna, uh, you know, fund this?" And you know, I'ma work this job and do it. And uh, uh, sit down uh, late night and came up with a game plan. You know, put the put together uh, uh, how I was gonna do it. And uh, of course, banks don't don't give you money for restaurants because they it's a 99% failure rate mm-hmm. at restaurants. So uh, of course, I try to go to. I, I come out of the urban city, so I went to some of my old old friends that I, I used to be with, and my wife was like, "Nah, you can't, you can't do that. You you ain't in that lane no more." So mm-hmm. uh, I prayed about it and uh, went to the bank, and uh, God, you know, God allowed us to buy a house back in '99 in the city. Okay, and uh, so I just uh, refinanced the house, man. And took some money out of the house, and uh, that's how we started. Our first day we made four hundred dollars. I was like, uh, "Baby, this might work." Mm-hmm. She was like, "We only made four hundred dollars." I was like, "That's not the point. The point is that somebody came and spent some money for this product." And I was like, "I think we might be all right." And that was in '08 when we opened. Okay, full disclosure: I've spent plenty of money at Got Wings. <laughs> Everybody we to know. It. We appreciate. Of it. course, we have Faraji Tucker from Strikeout Wings is actually with us in Shinar's place. Faraji, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Can you hear me good? Yes, I got you loud and clear. So, you know, talk to me. How did the idea for Strikeout Wings, how did that come about? Well, to be honest with you, uh, I'm a truck driver by trade. The idea was my wife's idea. She's been in restaurant industry and management for like 20 years. She's done everything in a restaurant itself or own it. And until now. But uh, that's basically where the idea came from. Um, we didn't have a bunch of money. So, uh, I, I, I own my own trucking company as well. So that helped fund strikeout wings. I, I ended up buying the food truck first in 2018. That's when we started 2018. Okay. Before that, the ideas, the idea started around 2016. I would come off the road from driving trucks and all I would do is, uh, taste all the sauces that she would create at the house. She'd be like, baby, try this, baby, try this. So. Hmm. I like to think I got world-class taste buds, to be honest with you. <laughs> now, I heard that I heard that Shannar started making her own sauces because she didn't like any of the wings that the town had to offer. Is that right? Yeah, I say that. We, 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 uh, so in 2015, after I, I came home from a vacation, I, took, I had to take a vacation, 
I came back, I helped my wife get started. So we used to go to a couple of places at Rivergate because we left, we moved from Nashville to White House. We live up in White House, Tennessee, like right outside of Goodlesville. So we would have to drive to Rivergate to eat chicken. And so we would go to, it's a place in Rivergate we used to go to, I ain't gonna call them out, but they was they were decent to me, they were decent. But my wife, like, she is a wing connoisseur. It's weird. Like, when we go, we used to go to places, her go-to was wings. If the food, if she didn't like it, she'd just, like, give me the wings. Y'all can't mess up hot wings. But some people can't mess up hot wings. But make a long story short, that's where it came from. She didn't, she didn't like them. So she started whipping up sauces and doing little things. So I would taste them. And so she was doing this for, like, two years. But she wanted a restaurant, but I'm not going to lie. I just didn't see it. I didn't see it happening. And I told her, I said, I don't see it happening, baby. It's, it's real expensive. We were going around pricing different places, and it was just like, it just wasn't in our budget. So somebody put a food truck in, the, in in our ear. So we was like, yeah, we could try it like that first, actually. How did you move from the food truck to a brick-and-mortar business? Mm-hmm. So basically, we started in August of, 2018 that's when we brought the food truck out and started doing gigs um man all we did was just hustle we we stayed we stayed like uh grounded to the community doing different uh uh gigs different places and we started creating a buzz then after that um i say about 20 i say like well after the draft what year was that draft was that 2020 april of 2020 mm-hmm. The draft was here, or, or 19. Was that 19? Yeah, 2019. The we NFL the draft, draft you're referring NFL. to? Yes, yes, we did that on Broadway. We did that, and after that, we just kind of like steamrolled after that. It just it just kind of like a, a snowball effect. We just started rolling, gaining momentum. And so soon as a, uh, something opened up around October of 19, a place on Nolensville Pike opened up. And so we, we, we looked into it. We put our money together. We got it. And uh, we opened up January of 2020. Whoa. The first loca- uh, location, January 4th of 2020. Now, three months later, COVID hit. Now, had somebody said, hey, man, you know COVID about to hit. We wouldn't have done that. We'd have, we'd have sat back in the food truck and just waited, honestly. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask that you a little so bit about COVID in the second part of the show, but I need to know what okay. sets everybody's wings apart. James. What makes your wings at Got Wings so different? Man, me, before I opened, I went, I think I ate everybody wing. Me and the family ate for probably about probably about a year. Mm-hmm. We just went and got wings, took them out, and uh, mostly everybody do their wings the same. It basically, uh, what you call them, blanch. They'll blanch them a little bit, and then when they get an order for they drop them down. And I said, if somebody was spending their last hard-earned dollar with me, uh, we're gonna cook them fresh from the word go. So once they order, we cook cook the order. And um that's been the it's been the go to for me is cook the order. Uh once you order, take about twelve, fifteen minutes. Most time a person may spend thirty minutes in there, but cooking it fresh, uh, from the start, I think it what separated and uh with the flavors. hmm Now, Faraji, what makes your wings different? Uh what makes us different in the city. Um, we like to think, man, and, and it's not personal, but we, we feel like we got the best lemon pepper in the world. We okay. got a we got a, a lemon pepper recipe that's second to none. And it's it's one of one. It ain't like no other wet lemon pepper. I promise you that. And uh the second thing that set us apart, man, we we like to go 17 minutes on them wings. So our wings are crispy 
and they still juicy and it just it's just different it hit different um that, that's what I feel that separates us from a lot of different places. Okay, now we're getting into the art of the wing. It feels like the perfect time to bring in my next guest, who is a self-proclaimed wing enthusiast. Adam Kurtz runs the Instagram account, The Wingdom Review, and he joins us now. Adam, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. What's up, Nashville? Yes, Nashville's ready. So, question for you. Have you been to Got Wings or Strikeout Wings? I'm a wing enthusiast. Of course, I've been to both. What are your opinions? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I like them both a lot. I remember Strikeout is uh, the new one on Ewing is pretty close to my house. And so they uh, they helped me through the pandemic when I didn't feel like making my own. Okay. So thanks. Thanks for that. So tell me, <laughs> you know, where did your passion for wings develop? Uh, I grew I didn't grow up. I went to school, college in uh, upstate New York, which is close enough to Buffalo, where bo- most of my friends um, loved wings. We'd always get them for the Super Bowl. And so, yeah, my one of my friends, Jesse, would make wings, and that was kind of my first foray into making these delicious things at home. And then basically for the 20 years since then, I've been perfecting it myself, yes. Okay, perfecting. I want to hear more about that. But first, oh. you're, if you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Colonna. We're talking this hour about chicken wings with James Stone from Got Wings, Faraji Tucker from Strikeout Wings, and Adam Kurtz of The Wingdom review tweet us about your favorite chicken wings in town at this is nashville so so adam tell me 20 years you've been working on this how did how does one earn the title of wing fluencer wing fluencer well it takes a lot all you do is on your instagram profile you write wing fluencer and then all of a sudden you're a wing fluencer yeah nice nice (laughs) so tell me what are you what are you looking for when you're discovering wings well, I'm I'm always on the quest for the perfect buffalo wing. So I, I appreciate and respect all the other, you know, the lemon pepper, which I have had because I had a friend order that and it is delicious. I'm looking for the like very hot, but not too hot, uh, perfect buffalo style. And of course, I want as crispy as possible on the outside and as juicy and delicious on the inside. So that's the ongoing quest. And I have a lot of opinions about it as a wing fluencer. Well, well tell me some of your op- opinions. You're, you're just strictly, <laughs> a, you're, you're a purist. Buffalo style is the style for you. Yes. I I love, obviously, I love the Nashville hot chicken in town and all the smoked and then fried wings. Um, but I, I'm, a, I'm a, so here's my little secret. And you might say, why is he giving a secret away? And the answer is because I want everyone to make awesome wings. That'll make my life to find wings easier. I actually twice fry my wings. So I fry them at a low temperature to cook them and then I'll refrigerate them and then put them in cold and the hot oil, which crisps up the outside while keeping the inside uh, juicy. That's my secret. That is an interesting secret. What do you think about that, James? We said blanching part, I was talking about. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, you know, J- James, don't, don't give away any secrets, but what is your key to making great wings aside of, making them fresh to order the key uh the key i guess is uh consistency is uh fresh grease uh consistent with i have uh, a lot of people like they say they like the the crispy and the juicy but some people i got a a guy he just want them fried exactly at 10 minutes mm-hmm. you know what what they done but he don't like the crispy but uh I like to cook them that at least at that 15 minutes uh, where they would get crisp 
but then I like them fried hard too. Now you mentioned fresh oil. How important is that? Man, it's it's, it's really important. And uh, uh, what we are now with the prices on the oil is like some people try to uh, get an extra, you know, use out of the oil. But once that oil get to smoking and it breaks down, you got to you got to spend that money and change it. Uh, to me, I think the the, the fresh oil uh, at, at three fifty. I use three fifty on it, and uh, I think it makes the 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 best wing to me. It's it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's been my 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 staple since I've been open. So okay, I think it's okay. Now, now, Faraji, I need to ask you, you know, you said it all lives, the secret of the magic, it lives in the sauce that your wife comes up with. What are some of the more memorable sauces that your wife has created? Uh, sweet and sassy was our signature sauce in the beginning. It's sweet with a little kick. It's, we didn't do we didn't do honey gold. I'm going to tell you why we didn't do honey gold. And, and it's, this for a lot of people that always say, why Strikeout don't have Honey Gold? Because the first time I was introduced to Honey Gold was in a gas station. Mm. So I said to myself, I'm not putting gas station sauces in my restaurant or my food truck at the time. And so we felt like Sweet and Sassy was strong enough to where we don't need, need Honey Gold, like for what? And and to be proven, we, we've been proven correctly because here we are through, we're through the pandemic, We've opened up in 18, and I still ain't sold Honey Gold yet. Okay. I ain't sold it yet, and I'm still here. And I'm still selling out wings on Tuesdays for 69 cents. So and no Honey Gold is in the building. So I don't think – I feel like Sweet and Sassy is one of her most memorable sauces. But let me just say that lemon pepper, I keep telling you, that lemon pepper is crack. It's that addictive. <laughs> it's crack. It's how you sell your TV, I promise you. <laughs> you sell your TV for a bottle of that. I promise you. Now, you know, Adam, we heard – you know, you, you explained to us a little bit about – how you kind of feel your purest buffalo sauces and stuff. Tell me, what are some of the more ambitious sauce combinations that you've heard of that you just kind of immediately reject? Um, well, actually, someone um, talked to me yesterday about something like strawberry spice. I'm sorry, if you put strawberries or any kind of fruit or mango or anything, I'm going to uh, reject that. I'm going to be a little queasy in my stomach, and I'm going to walk right out the door. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what should people be on the lookout for if they're searching for the perfect wing? Is that to me? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking for a hot buffalo. So I want my wing to be hot to the touch, crispy to the tongue and teeth, and then saucy. You know, so you're going to get it all over your face. You're going to get it in your beard. You're going to get it down your shirt. You're going to get it on your on your cheek. And it's going to burn. Your eyes are going to water. And you're going to want to wipe your eyes with your hands. But it's a really bad idea because you have so much cayenne pepper on your fingers already. So it's really important to not do that. But then sometimes you just got to. And then it burns your eyes and it burns your nose and it burns your mouth. <laughs> All right. That's perfect. All right. That is self-proclaimed wing enthusiast Adam Kurtz. He, James Stone, and Faraji Tucker are going to stay with us through the break. When we come back, we'll learn how the past couple years have impacted Nashville's wing restaurants, from the pandemic to inflation to a wing shortage. How do you like your wings, bone-in or boneless? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. 
We've been talking this hour about Nashville's chicken wings and what it takes to make truly great wings. But like everyone else in town, our local wing joints have been facing some new and unexpected challenges over the past few years. Even Cat Williams brought it up in his latest comedy special, World War III. Just so you knew they was lying, they said some next that don't even make mathematical sense. They said, there's a chicken wing shortage, but we got plenty thighs. Look, I'm not a farmer or a scientist, but I will tell you this. All chicken wings come from a chicken. They get two wings, two thighs. Don't start talking about you got a whole bunch of thighs. Where the fuck you getting these spider leg chickens from? Hey, the man is speaking nothing but the truth. All right. My guests are James Stone from Got Wings, Faraji Tucker from Strikeout Wings, and self-proclaimed wing enthusiast Adam Kurtz. Thank you all for still being with us. Now, you know, James, how did the pandemic affect operations at Got Wings? Man, uh, when it first hit, uh, I think I was only closed for a week because it got kind of hectic with the, uh, when it hit, it was like uh, you know, do this, do this. You was worrying about people coming in with the, the the virus, and you know it was hectic. So we took a week off for me just get my mind and stuff together. And then um, when you seen on the news, they said we was uh, essential. So then I told my wife, look, we just gonna we gonna go in. We've been hustling all this long, and 08 kind of prepared us uh, for this because we didn't have a lot of uh, uh, debt. We went a lot of debt, and the money we did have come in, we put it back into the restaurant. So we just came up. We look, we're gonna car hop. We're gonna run to the run to the cars. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do what we got to do. We just got to keep the doors open. Mm-hmm. And I guess for the last two three years, we really haven't been making a lot of profit, but we've been keeping the doors open. Mm-hmm. And that's that was our, our main goal, just to stay open and, and weather the storm. So I think Oh Hate helped us. Uh, through this one, yeah. Did it help you all, the fact that Got Wings is, I mean, solely a take-a-to-go right. type of establishment? Yep, and it, it did, because we was actually down the street when we first opened by uh, Diesel College, and uh, we had a, a, you know, a sit-down, and uh, when this this uh, spot came open, we moved up, and we was like, I think this would be good for the, the, the takeout, and it was perfect. For this particular time, I uh, never knew what plan God had for us, but being right there was perfect for this time. So mm-hmm. it, it helped us weather the storm. And, and that's what a lot of places are now, is take it and go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Faraji, how about how about you? How did how did the pandemic affect Strikeout? Well, in the beginning, like I said, we opened up the first one January 4th, 2020. Man, so uh pandemic hit in March, so... Me and the wife looked at each other and was like, what the hell? So we, <laughs> basically, we was just like, we was spooked. We was like everybody else. We wasn't educated, excuse me, educated on it. We didn't know what to expect. So we shut down <clears throat> for two weeks. But then we saw a surge in the need for food trucks. So we lost 80% of our business. So uh, I had my brother just run the restaurant, just run the restaurant due to goals only. He by himself. 
Um, the world was spooked. They weren't coming out, so he could handle this. I was like, you handle that. We're going to book some uh, some gigs through the food truck, through HOAs. But we ended up hitting Derrick Henry neighborhood like twice. We had a lot of different neighborhoods, man. We made we made close to like 3,000 uh, every time we hit a neighborhood. And our idea was pay the rent up. We just paid the rent up because we didn't know how long we was going to go through this. So we paid the rent up for the rest of the year. So we didn't have to worry about it. But uh, then, let me say this, uh, our landlord, he he owns the uh, UN Drive whole uh, facility as well. He owned the whole plaza. So um, one became open, like after they re uh, fixed the old Prince of Chicken, because that's where we, we got the old Prince of Chicken in East Nashville. So once they fixed that, and it was still in the middle of the pandemic, it uh, he had a slot open. He was like, hey, man, y'all want this? Uh, we was like, yeah, we'll, we'll try it. So we, we we tried it, and we opened up that one, the UN Drive location, August of 2020. So we're still in the middle of the pandemic. We opened up both of them, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, other thing I could say, man, um, how did it affect us, the prices of the food and the stuff we needed changed. A lot of stuff went up dramatically, but we just, like like James said, we just had to weather the storm. That's it, weather the storm, and we used to weathering storms. Nice. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we used to that. So that ain't nothing new to us. So that's what we did. We weathered the storm and here we are. And speaking about pricing, you know, it's got to be tough when the prices for materials through inflation and supply chain issues, yeah. they just go through the roof. Some places raise prices on customers, but Faraji, you all did something different and you decided to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to lie, man. We got We got like a lot of flack from the chicken people. We got a lot of flack. They was like, man, how can y'all do that? That's crazy. Yeah. Y'all going out of business if y'all keep it up. Mm-hmm. Man, we've we done 69 cent Tuesday for two years, two and a half years now. Six- and we don't plan on stopping it. But now we got them on our side. And, and we even had to, like, pull our account. We we pulled our account and started picking up chicken from different places just to show people, like, we we mean business. We don't need you. You need us. And, and once they saw that, they came begging back, like, look, let's, let's just figure this out. Now them chicken prices so low, it's, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it this low. So, you're, <laughs> it's so, really, it's, so you mean to tell me your chicken suppliers were upset that you instituted 69 Cent Tuesdays? Man, they hated it. They told us we was crazy, straight up. Like, uh, uh, like they, they literally, and more than just one, one, not just one company. We had a different, we had like, two or three different people we can grab chicken from in case somebody don't have chicken. And they all was like, man, y'all tripping. Y'all need to stop that. It's, it's just a loss. It's a loss. And I was like, it's a loss on one day that's already a slow day. It's a slow day. So we, we, we it was the slowest day we had, period. So we was like, let's create something on Tuesday. And now it's like after Saturday, it's the second busiest day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... We just stuck with it, and 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 we didn't fold. People, I mean, there's Taco Tuesday. Why not 69 Cent Wing Tuesday? James, have you Why all not? have you all done anything like this? Uh, not through the when we first opened back, like I said in '08. Uh, like a business was going good, and uh, I guess at at some point, uh, me and the wife were like, the bank account ain't looking like it was. Uh, things it don't look like we're gonna survive. We got to come up with an idea, and then we came up with uh. 50 cent wings, which uh, we was doing it on Wednesday, and it caught on like like wildfire. And from there, we did that for uh, man like five, maybe five years, something like that. 
and and we moved up the street and we were still doing it. And uh, I guess we had got to the point where it was like we got we 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 back on track. We getting everything done and like the prices started changing because when we first opened, man, like a case of wings was like forty dollars. Mm-hmm. And like through the pandemic, they went and we paid much as uh, one hundred eighty dollars, one hundred ninety dollars for a case of wings. Wow. And I learned from 08 that you can't get locked into just one company. So I use like five, six different ones. Sometimes you have to put them against each other. Like, look, can you match? His price going to be this, this. And I guess when you first open, you feel like that you need, you got to have him like he was saying. But, you know, they need our business just as, as much as that now. A lot of people has taken wings off of their menu. So now the wing prices is drop so, you know, down to the price. And like you said, I, I changed my, probably since I've been open, I probably only changed my prices probably two times in 15 years. Okay. And just because the pandemic and the economy going crazy, you can't, you know, charge the people that's coming in that's been supporting you. You can't, you know, you know, bust their head <laughs> too much. Or they'll come one time, but they won't come back. So, you know, that's that's been... Uh, that's been that's been good and and what he doing is is good, uh, mm-hmm. but we 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 haven't done it in a while so. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil A. Colonna. We're talking this hour about chicken wings, the art of the wing, to the business of it. Tweet us about your favorite chicken wings in town at This Is Nashville. So we heard Cat Williams talking about the shortage. Adam Kurtz, as a wing enthusiast, I'm sure the wing shortage of 2021 was pretty scary to you. Am I right? Um, I haven't had a good night's sleep since. <laughs> it's frankly, just awful. That's kind of- I, I, I've, I have a ton of people who keep sending me articles about it and um, yeah, it's frightening. And I'm, I thought about having to raise my own chickens, but um, I don't really know how to do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, have you ever done something, you know, the, uh, the gentlemen were just talking about how they had 69 cent wing Tuesdays and at one point in time, got wings had 50 cent wing Wednesdays. Have you ever spent the week just chasing one wing deal down to the next <laughs> according to the day? Oh, um, no, but I would love to uh, be provided with the list of all the cheap wing days, but there probably aren't too many of those anymore. I mean, I just know about Strikeout's Tuesday deal. Are there other ones? Tweet us at This Is Nashville about other wing deals. (laughs) You know what? We're going to get some tweets on that. And Adam, should we find them? I'll be there with you with my wet mat in hand. Now, you know, you're on the road a lot. You're in a band. You're on the road a lot. I'm curious. How do Nashville's wings stack up against the wings you've tried elsewhere? Well, interesting question. I mean, that's the goal in life is to find the best wings around the country and the world, but around the country for sure. And, you know, we got a pretty good, we have some pretty good wings. I mean, both the guys on right now make a really good wing. There's some other good wing spots. I mean, you also do run into uh, the problem around the country of people having never had good wings. And so they make these gross sloppy messes and maybe put a drizzle of sauce over them. And that's not a proper saucing at all. Uh, so I, mean, I would I would say that Buffalo, New York is still the gold standard um, in my experience, but um, Nashville, we're, we're, we're coming up and uh, I believe in us. And I think, I think we can do it. I think, I think we just need to all like work together and have a different wing special every day of the week. Okay. Okay. (laughs) From your words to Nashville's ears. All right. So 
So here we go. We got this tweet, and this is really addressing something that I wanted to bring up, and I love this. We got a tweet from Casey Haw at This Is Nashville. Here it is, and I want all three of you to answer. Boneless wings are an affront to humanity, they say. What are your thoughts, James? What are your thoughts, boneless or bone-in wings? Bone-in. I'm always bone-in. Mm-hmm. Bone-in. Mm-hmm. Faraji? I'm a traditional guy, but to each their own. Okay. Okay, that 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 makes sense. Adam, what about you? I have a, I have a very strong wing opinion about this, and um, basically, uh, it's bone in, but there's not really it's not really an argument because boneless wings are not wings. <laughs> what part? What what part of the chicken does a boneless wing come from? Is it not a chicken nugget? Boy, if tender. if I was a human as a human being, if I had no bones and I was just a blob on the ground, would you be like, oh, that's a boneless human? No. Yeah. Yeah. See, those are my thoughts exactly. When I see boneless wing options, I'm like, this is just a very large chicken nugget that doesn't attract me to it. There's something about holding the bone and being able to clean the bone. Amen. That's, yes. That just shows a pro a pro chicken wing eater. You know, when people leave meat on the bone, it's one of my pet peeves, that and wasting water. I'm really not getting down with. You know? We agree. Yeah, it's those things. Okay, so, you know, we've lost some of our beloved wing jokes, joints over the years, Knockout Wings and the Jefferson Street location of nothing but wings, and, of course, more recently, Donks. You know, what else, what what did we lose with those, James, when we lost some of those institutions? Knockout, I think, was the staple, because I, I, I came up uh, waiting waiting an hour or so to get some wings. He was the only one that was late night and uh I think he was the the only one that I knew that started in Nashville. And um, when he did, and actually before I did open, uh, I went to talk to him. And I, I went to talk to a lot of, you know, black-owned businesses that was doing the restaurant. And I went and sat down and talked to him and uh, got a few pointers and, you know, asked him about some things. But uh, I think he was a pioneer to me. I think he was a pioneer, uh, you know, with the, with the wings because he's the only one that I, I did know. Uh, that was doing the wings, uh, but I think he uh, he left. I think he's doing good. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. doing good, uh, and he was probably really happy that he had left right during the pandemic with everything that was going on. Cause you know it did get stressful a lot. You know a little bit not knowing uh, what was gonna be happening down the road. But I think he's doing uh, well out right now. I think he's doing all right. Faraji, what have we lost with those institutions? Yeah. Uh. Uh, I, I guess just <clears throat> um, I know we lost them biscuits. That's for sure. <laughs> with with uh, uh knockout wings and and I I'll tell you this, it's weird because when we came out with the brick and mortar, knockout wings was just, I guess they was just like, I guess he sold the location or whatever. But mm-hmm. he was closing down right when we opened up. So a lot of people was confusing us with uh. Knockout wings. They like y'all knockout wings. Probably like nah, we strike out wings. Right. But uh, uh, I say the biscuits, man. A lot of a lot of people uh miss them biscuits for sure. Cause I know a lot of people ask me about doing them, and I'm I'm not sure about you, James, but I get a lot of requests to do them biscuits. And I've even had some people try to sell me the recipe, which yeah. I I would never do. Right. I'm just right, like right. that's weird. Yeah. Like that's super weird. But now, nah, uh, I say the biscuits with um uh, um. Hmm. With knockout wings, donks. I only I only ate that like twice, so I can't really you know yeah, comment too much on donks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, 
Adam, how do you feel about the places we've lost? Well, I regret to say that I had never had either of those places, but of course, the more wing places, the more competition, which really only increases, you know, people stepping up their game that's if need right. be. Like that's at the at the Wingdom Review Instagram <clears throat> follow. Um, anyway, uh, we like to call it as it is, and we you know, we don't like to sugarcoat things because if you sugarcoat it, then who who does that benefit? Nobody. So you know, we like to see additional competition. We would like to see pretty much. I feel like every restaurant in Nashville should just become a wing place. That would really help. <laughs> put us on the map and um uh <laughs> i mean just more the merrier so yeah, it's sad <laughs> all right you know? so speaking of you know thinking about that nashville on the map we're already on the map for hot chicken i'd like to see this rapid fire answers from you is there a nashville style of chicken wing that the entire city and region can be known for adam i mean other than what the nashville hot chicken yeah, I mean that's. Would it be I mean, a hot I, chicken version of the chicken wing? I mean that they have that. That's what I, that's what I would say is what we're known for now. I think everyone here in this in this conversation, we you know, we can band together and be known for the best buffalo wings outside of Buffalo, you know, right. or even overtake Buffalo. Let's do that. Okay, okay, James. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 Faraji. Uh, I'm gonna say my lemon pepper. <laughs> I promise you, it's great. I promise you, it's one of one. It's not another lemon pepper like this. I promise you that. No. And then when you put the Cajun on top, I promise you, it's just it's a different animal. It's right. a different animal. All right. Well, everybody, it's about to be lunchtime over here at WPLN. I'm hungry. I'm sure our <laughs> listeners are as well. Many thanks to my guests, Faraji Tucker, owner of Strikeout Wings, also James Stone, owner of Ghost Wings, and Mr. That Adam wings. Kurt. Got wings. Got I'm it. sorry. Got wings. I am so sorry about that. You know, and uh, Mr. Adam Kurtz, who runs the Instagram account, The Wingdom Review. Thanks to you all so much for being with us. Really appreciate thank it. You, thank you. We want to thank everyone who tuned in this hour. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Steve Harush and Rose Gilbert. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tuthope. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to our digital producer this week, Cindy Abrams. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you next week, everybody. And be good to each other.